0: You are listening to the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. For more resources, visit us at lifepoint.cc. Good morning, church. So glad you're all here this morning. Uh, Sincerely, so glad each and every one of you would come and worship with us. I'm not going to share this morning. Pastor Tony is actually going to come and share the word with you, uh, and I want to give him time to do so. But before he comes, I want to take a moment, just a pastoral moment to talk about some ways in which the Lord is leading us as a church family uh, over the last number of months and how he's leading us for the future. So I'm going to take time to to talk about two things, uh, two ways in which the Lord is is leading us in the days to come. Um, Firstly, is this last winter, we hosted a, our annual family gathering. We do that every February as a church family. Those that call our, call LifePoint Church home uh, those that our, our members, we gather here around a meal. We, we try to make it as much like a family gathering as possible. And the sanctuary is filled with tables. And uh, it's just an amazing celebration, both talking about what God has done, what he's doing, and what we believe he's positioning us to do for the future. And uh, last February at that family, family gathering, I began to plant some seeds in the heart of our church about some shifts that I believe that we needed to take uh, in the coming days Uh, to come more into alignment with uh, who the Lord called us to be and more in alignment with even what the New Testament talks about the church being. Um, And one of those pictures was from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. It says that God has given the church, apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And as that picture of the New Testament church has just sat with me over the last number of years, it's just seemed to be a dissonance oftentimes with the, the, the way in which the Western churches has, has functioned and moved, where oftentimes we think of, of church purely in, in, the, in the form of Sunday morning gatherings. We come, we attend, mostly hearing just from pastors and teachers. And the fullness of the church is, is kind of getting uh, discarded, left out. And the whole equipping of the saints is oftentimes getting neglected for the work of the ministry. And it becomes like a, a few people doing the work of the ministry, everyone else just kind of passively receives and goes along with their lives unchanged. I just want us, to, I want, to, I want us to move beyond that and press into God's heart for his bride, for his body in these, in these days, in these last days. And so uh, this morning, I'm really excited to present to you uh, one of the, the first expressions of this as we continue to move towards shifting from just being a Sunday morning church, Sunday morning. Sunday gatherings are going to continue to be you know, a heartbeat of our church and a main gathering spot for the, fam- the diversity of the family of God at LifePoint Church. But we need to move beyond that to a church that Monday through Sunday, we're equipping the saints for the work of the ministry throughout our city and our region. And so this is why I'm going to present to you kind of the first expression of this. Go ahead and hit that video. fall 2022, we are starting a discipleship school right here at LifePoint Church in Ames. And I envision adults of all ages descending upon our city for the sole purpose of devoting eight to nine months of sitting at the feet of Jesus until their hearts burn with his heart, with things that are on his heart. And uh, this will not be a typical discipleship school. Rather than first starting with uh, teaching people how to do the stuff of ministry. We're first gonna teach people how to be at rest and find their success in the presence of Jesus and then to be equipped in, the, in the, doing the stuff. And, uh, and we're really excited about the things that the Lord has brought together to make this happen. And so you're gonna be hearing a lot about this uh, over the next number of weeks and months. But I, we first wanna give it to our church family to sit with you for a while so we can all own this together in prayer and allow faith to grow in anticipation for fall of 2022. This will be a Sunday through Thursday day school uh, for adults of all ages to come, involving biblical teaching uh, and impartation, uh, activation and outreach and evangelism in our city, small groups which we're calling encounter groups uh, throughout the week, plus mentoring and coaching happening Intentionally throughout the week, and so it'll be a full week, Sunday through Thursday, of which people will be devoting themselves to sitting at the feet of Jesus till their hearts burn with his heart and I envision people leaving that year or two uh, devoted to those things, leaving this place, going out as church planters, rural church planters, being equipped in ministries of all forms and facets, going to the mission field. Even like last week, we heard Shelby Chizik and the work that she's doing in the Netherlands. That becomes like a, a, a seedling picture of what is possible as we devote ourselves as a church body to being an equipping church. And so I'm very excited about, uh, about what is to come. So this morning, I'm asking you to pray. I'm asking you on your way out to stop by a booth that's out in the lobby to grab a prayer card and to. Uh, to lock arms with us as a church family as we pray for this opportunity of which we all get to own and we all get to host. I know not everyone's gonna be a part actively week to week in the, in Jesus' school, but we can all own it because uh, it's going to be re- re- residing right here in our church. Amen, do you guys receive that? Awesome. <clears throat> Praise God. So that is, that's number one. I still have a second, a second um, change and or matter that I want to talk to you all about this morning. So sorry about all the preliminary stuff. I hope you're hungry to receive from the Lord this morning. Um, but second is this, I see it as one of my highest honors to, uh, lead this church humbly following the leading of the Lord. I am following, I'm truly trying to seek the leading of the Lord as we go after his purposes for our church in the city, in our neighborhood, in this region. I hope you can take my word for that. That's that's my heart. And and I'm actively submitting myself to the elders and the trustees, the pastoral staff in that endeavor. So last spring I presented an idea to, to the church or to the church leadership, something that was brewing in my heart that we needed to shift. Um, And that sat with the the teams, I went on sabbatical, I almost died, I came back to life, I came back to Ames, and that still sat with me, this change that I felt like we needed to take. Uh, You know, the Lord has blessed us with more people coming to the church, we moved to two services right before COVID, uh, as the church continued to grow, and the Lord really prepared us to navigate a pandemic by having multiple services, and we did that, we continued to grow. but one thing I never want to fall prey to is the, um, like the, um, the ego and the pride that comes with growth. Where all of a sudden, like growth and attendance metrics become the measure of our success. I just want to stay submitted to the ways of the Lord. And so there is this vein of thought in the church at large that say that says you got to somehow sustain the growth, and that means you got to continue to like multiply your services and, and go that, that form of kind of like uh, mechanizing growth. And it, honestly, I just, that's just been, um, it just hasn't sat with me. Instead, I've really felt like the Lord has called us to be us. And we say we value the presence of God. We say we value being family together. We say we value authenticity. And in that, uh, I really believe the Lord is calling us back to a place of one Sunday morning gathering, one sacred gathering, everyone crammed into one space, going after the heart of the Lord, allowing his presence to come into, our, into this place to minister to hearts, him being preeminent, his presence being our distinctive. And uh, not how big we grow or our attendance numbers, but him being made famous in this place and being the center of it all. And I believe as we do that, I believe as we trust his ways, not the ways of man, he's gonna give us creative ideas on how to continue to facilitate whoever it is that's continuing to move, move into this place and, and gather with us by creating more space in here, uh, doing creative things that we need to do with our kids' spaces and, and parking and, and whatnot. I, I get it. There are inconveniences that we'll have to navigate in the days to come as we move back to one gathering, but I really believe that it's the, it's the way of the Lord in these days to come. Um, I hope you guys can trust me in that, so... You'll be hearing a lot more about that. The day that we are moving to one service is November 21st. We'll be moving to a 10 a.m. service. Um, and we'll send you out a lot of communication before we do that. Uh, we're, not, we're not just like throwing curveballs at you because we like to watch you flinch. Like we, we are humbly following the leading of the Lord, and we're going to move together as a church family. Amen? Um, would you all stand to your feet? I want us to pray, pray into this. I want us to pray for this future together that we are all going after, both the discipleship school, Jesus school, and um, and this kind of leap of faith to go to one beautiful, glorious gathering where the presence of God is going to be center stage. Lord, we submit ourselves to you as a church. This church is nothing without you. You are our distinctive. And anything else is just playing games and playing and pretend. And I just, I just refuse to do it, Lord. I refuse to. Like life is too short. Eternity is too real. The stakes are too high for anything else. We want you. We want your presence. And so rather than celebrating the metrics of man, the metrics that feed egos, Lord, we Sit ourselves at your feet and say, we want to celebrate your presence being made manifest amongst the people. We want to celebrate the genuine transformation of lives that comes only by your presence and not by our words or by our methods. We want to see your presence come and touch bodies by healing those that are sick and in bondage and who need a touch from God. We want to see you fill us with the fire of God so we, we leave this place beaming with the light and the glory of Jesus. That's our heart, God. And so in all these efforts, this leap of faith with Jesus School, we submit it to you. We believe it was your idea and we're just following you. I'm submitting it to the church family, asking them to pray with us. And Lord, with this counterintuitive kind of backwards way of moving to one service, we submit it once again to you. At the end of it all, I wanted to point to you, Jesus, that people would simply see you and say, "A LifePoint Church, that's a, a gathering of Jesus' people that they meet with God. They've been with Jesus. That's my heart. That's our heart. I know that's the heart of so many here this morning. We pray these things in your name, amen. So since you're already standing, I want to introduce you to a really special person in my life, Tony Myers, the director of Jesus School uh, as well. Will you all give give him a huge hand as he comes?
1: Amen. Thank you. Sit, sit. Please sit. I have a lot on my heart for you this morning, and so... I've learned when there's a lot in there, I need to talk slower Um, and not just say a bunch of words, but man, it's exciting to follow Jesus, isn't it? And it's an exciting time to be a part of this house um, in the coming days. I just, I know we say this often, but I'm just so honored to serve here and I'm so honored to be a part of what what the Lord is doing. And um, as we prioritize his presence, God will honor that. You know, God will visit a hungry people That's true, he responds to hunger, but he dwells among those who love him. And so as we continue on, we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. A few weeks back, somebody gave one of the greatest compliments I think you could give to a church. It was kind of strange the more I thought about it, but it was... Man, what I love about this church, we've been coming a, f- a couple of weeks, but what I love about this church is it's all about Jesus. Everything you do is about Jesus. And I was like, amen, amen. But then I thought, that's kind of weird. Like, every church should be, everything we do should be about Jesus, isn't it? And so I love uh, that we have a pastor who's willing to take risks, who's willing to f- follow Jesus um, into places where it doesn't always make sense. Um, this morning, I want to talk to you about full surrender, complete surrender. And uh, it's interesting when you have something burning on your heart, and then everything in the morning is pointing to whatever that thing that God wants to do today, even from worship to Kyle's word that he got from the Lord. It's about this, this full surrender to Jesus. This last weekend, um, my wife and I and kids had the opportunity to go back to our hometown of Fargo, and uh, I was asked to, to share at our home at our Church we grew up in, and one of my our close friends um, recently became the pastor of that church, and so they asked us to come and just encourage their people, and I just consider that a great honor. Um, that night before, one of my spiritual gifts is falling asleep as soon as my head hits the pillow. Like, I'm just, I'm really good at it. I just put my head down and boom. And it annoys my wife sometimes, but I'm just, I don't know why. I just fall, fall asleep. And so I was, Saturday night I was going go to go bed really early and um because I was going to get up really early. So I went to bed at, uh, I think I was in bed by 9.30. And I remember laying there and it was like I couldn't, wasn't falling asleep right away so it's like oh no no big deal 10 o'clock came 11 o'clock came and I was like hmm that's kind of that's kind of strange I'm not can't fall asleep all of a sudden midnight comes and I'm like oh no and then one o'clock comes and then two o'clock comes and I'm starting to like panic big time I my brother has a spiritual gift of being able to Go off no sleep and function completely normally. Uh, I am not that person. I am a complete moron if i have, don't, if I have less than six hours of sleep i just you 'll find me just staring off into the distance, thinking about the amount of sleep that I need. Well, I finally woke up, Kayla and asked her to pray for me finally by three o 'clock, <laughs> I fell asleep and so I woke up the next morning at five well in a couple hours five thirty, and I got up and. Took a cold shower, and uh, on the way, I called my brother, and I was like, bro, I just need you to pray for me. I don't know what was, what's going on, but I, cannot, I couldn't fall asleep, and I, I just feel like I, feel like I got hit by a truck. So he, my brother prayed over me and encouraged me and really said, he felt like the Lord was saying, just, this is a new opportunity just to completely depend on him, just like depend on him. <laughs> Like, not use your own giftings and your own whatever, but just completely depend on Jesus. And so I remember that morning, all morning, I was really just praying, like, Lord, just give me till 1230. Just give me till 1230. And I just, I didn't feel great. But it was amazing as I stepped on the platform, the Lord, it just, like, my mind just cleared. Like, all the the fogginess that leaves, you know. And uh, it just left. And God just began to just flow that morning, probably 25, 30 people gave their lives to Jesus, responded to the gospel. Many people um, got healed. That, um, many people got healed. A, a young man who had a rotator cuff issue had a word of knowledge about someone's uh, shoulder. And even as he lifted his hand just to respond to the prayer, God healed his shoulder. And he said, Oh my goodness. So for the next 24 hours, he said, the only thing that hurt was that his arm was getting tired because he was testing it out so much (laughs) because he couldn't lift his shoulder before. Amen. The Lord really um, stirred up a hunger in that place. And I'm I'm not telling you that to be like, wow, Tony, you're so great. You're so cool. Because there's nothing, I hope you know this by now, there's nothing special about me. God is looking. Like I said in that video, his eyes are searching to and fro throughout the looking to strengthen a heart that is holy. His. And the only thing that he requires, the only thing that God desires from us is just complete surrender. A life laid down that would say, Lord, whatever you want to do with my life, please. In John chapter 11, there's this beautiful story of Jesus and Lazarus, Mary and Martha. It's a story maybe many of you have heard, read many times But it's really a story about surrender. It's a a story about living in the tension of Jesus as king and Jesus as friend. You know, Jesus can be two things at once. He can be the king of the universe, the king of your heart, the king of your life, and also your best friend. And here we have this beautiful story of God not losing track of his mission for his kingdom on this earth, but also not forgetting about the people he loves. I've been a part of, I've served leaders or been a part of uh, churches or movements where it's like, this is what God's doing and what, what, if we got to run people over, it doesn't matter. We just got to accomplish this. But what I love about the Lord is that he can accomplish the things that he wants to accomplish while loving the people that need to be loved. Amen? So I'm ambitious this morning. We're not going to get through it. So this might be, you might hear me talk about this the next few times that I speak. We're going to get as far as we can get um, this morning. But I don't want to move too fast. But there are some things that I'm going to skip over. So if you're like, oh, man, that was a good part. What do we just, wait, do will we'll get, we'll get to it at another time? In verse 1, it says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This is the Mary whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by the world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. Let's stop there for a moment. We have this scene where Jesus is alerted of his friend Lazarus is very sick. And so right away, in this just these, these first 10 verses, already for us arise these questions that arise in all of us when crisis hits our life, when things that don't make sense hit our life. There are usually two things that, that come to our mind. The first is, God, don't you love me? And the second is, what are you doing, God? What is happening? What is going on? And Jesus addresses both of those things. But the amazing part is, is that he doesn't address it the way that we hoped, and that's not usually how he does. Jesus answers this prayer, or this, this question of love. It says, Twice when they tell him, they said, Lord, the one you love is sick. John wants us to know that Jesus loves Lazarus. But then in verse 5, it says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sisters and Lazarus. He wants it to remain like completely clear that Jesus loved them. Now in the Greek, these two loves are different Greek words. The second one where he says Jesus loved Martha and her sisters and Lazarus is agape love. This is a sacrificial love. This is a love that says, I will do anything for you. So John is saying, Jesus would do anything for Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And so what does he do? He stays put for two more days. (laughs) What? Lord, did you not remember? He's sick now. Like right now, he's very, very sick. And Jesus says, okay, cool. Let's, let's just wait here for two days. This is something that's common throughout the Gospels. Well, and throughout Scripture. That God is never in a hurry. He is never in a hurry. He is not confined to your timetable. I'm sorry to break that to you. He is not. So we have... Two things. We have two responses to that. We can complain and get angry and disappointed and frustrated, or we can yield to him and say, God, maybe you know something I don't know. But then this first love, it says, Lord, the one you love is sick. He's talking about Lazarus. This, that, the, the, Greek, the Greek word is phileo. And this is, a, is a slightly different and slightly more nuanced than agape love. Phileo is, is more of a tender love. It's like a friend, like, a, like your best friend. If you, right now, think about somebody in your mind that you're just like, oh man, I love that person. I just love that person so much. When I think about my brother, that's just like, what comes to my mind is just like this tenderness in my heart of love. And so it's so clear it's so obvious that Jesus loved Lazarus and his waiting had nothing to do with Lazarus. I want you to remember that we are a part of this great mosaic. We're a part of this huge grand story and sometimes our, our, we can become so narrowly focused on, our, on just ourselves when this story involves so much more than us and maybe God has something even greater in store and maybe this isn't even about you. Maybe it's about something greater that the Lord wants to do. So he makes it clear that they are loved. And then he answers their question when they said, he says, okay, now let's go. It's been two days. Let's go back to Judea. So the, the Jewish leaders are they're searching for Jesus. They're looking for, they want to kill him. And so that's why in the, the, the past couple months, Jesus is, is hanging out in the wilderness. He's going in it. He's kind of being sneaky and, and going in and out of villages, but he's, he's being very careful. And so they know this. It doesn't make sense that he would say, let's go back to Jude. It doesn't make sense that, they would, that he would say, let's go back, because they say, Rabbi, they do establish his authority in their life. They're not disrespectful. They said, Jesus, still, you're my teacher. You're my rabbi. You're the one I, I submit to. A short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, now you want to go back? And Jesus, <laughs> Jesus answers, uh, which I'm sure frustrated them because he doesn't give, he gives them, it's not a non-answer, but it's like a, he doesn't answer their, their question directly. He answers it with this, this little parable. He says, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not, will not stumble, for they see by this world's light It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. John 1 says that he is the true light. The Bible says that he is, Jesus is the light of the world. He's essentially saying the one who is the light, who illuminates all things to all people, are the one we need to worry about following. If you follow Jesus, you will not stumble if you keep your eyes fixed on him, you won't become distracted by all these other things. But it's those who are, are blinded, those who are at night, that's, you stumble. Your dads know what I'm talking about when they're turning all the lights off before they go to bed at night, and you're you're tripping all over kids' toys and all these different things. Sorry, that's just my, I need some, <laughs> some ministry. If we fix our eyes on the light, we will be full of light, Jesus says in Matthew 5. That singular eye. So, there's this beautiful invitation given by Jesus of follow me again. Do you know that he continually is asking you that? Will you follow me? Will you follow me? And sometimes we give God these, yes, I'll follow you but, or I'll follow you if, I'll follow you if it's not too hard, if it's not too inconvenient. I'll follow you if it makes sense to me. I'll follow you if it fits into my schedule, if it fits into my five-year or ten-year strategic plan. Lord, I will follow you. So just, Lord, on your end, if you could kind of just rearrange some things so it works better for me. But that's not what the call is. The Lord is asking simply, will you follow me? And in verse 11, after he said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he's asleep, he'll get better. They're trying to, like, say, if he's asleep, this is no big deal. We don't need to go back to Judea. Like, Lord, you haven't really thought this through. Have you ever, I don't, maybe you haven't, like, overtly asked the Lord this question, but have you ever had that thought of, like, God, do you know what you're doing here? (laughs) Have you thought this through, Lord? (laughs) There's got to be a better way. I mean, I, I've been through some, some things. I know a couple of things, Lord. You might want to ask for my advice, you know. God is fully aware of what he's doing. So verse 14, it says, So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Guys, he's not sleeping. He's dead. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go with him. <laughs> it's an interesting thing. It's not Jesus is. This is you need to know that this is Jesus is not saying it is His will that Lazarus was sick or that he died. This was not God's doing, but He's saying it's actually better for you now that I waited so long. We don't know what Jesus was doing in that time, those two days. We don't know why, and, and we'll maybe never know why. In your waiting, in your life, when you're waiting for God to answer your prayer, you may never know why you waited. It doesn't matter. Even if you knew, would it help? I don't know. Probably not. But he's saying it's better for your sake because you're about to see something incredible. So then I love the, the, the response of Thomas in verse 16. And this story is, 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 is neat because it's kind of a redemption story for Thomas and Martha, who really get a bad rap a lot of times. Doubt, Thomas is the one who doubted Jesus had risen, right? Martha's the busybody. Um, but this is really a redemption because they show incredible faith and full surrender. So Thomas, also known as Didymus, he said, he's the one that turns to the rest of the disciples and he says, let us go. Let us also go so that we may die. Let us also go that we may die. This is the heart that says, Lord, no matter what happens, I'm going to follow you. We're going to get killed. He, in his mind, had made up, we're going to get killed. But I, I'd, get, I'd rather get killed with Jesus. Then just hear about it. Let us go that we may also die. There is this call upon your life for full and complete surrender that says, Lord, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, it doesn't matter. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to serve you. When I made a covenant to my wife, I didn't know on that day what I was even committing to fully. But continually throughout our marriage, I said, Caleb, No matter what happens in this life, it doesn't matter, I'm with you. I'm with you. We'll take it all on together. I'm never leaving. So in verse 17, actually, we're gonna stop. We're gonna stop there. Would you stand? Worship team, would you come? I know there's a lot more there. Spoiler, you can read it later Jesus does, in fact, raise Lazarus from the dead. I want us to respond, and I feel like this is, the whole morning was culminating to, to here, to right now. I know that was short, and I know there's a, a lot more to say, but the Lord is looking for complete surrender Could you close our eyes across this room? He's looking for the entirety of your heart, the entirety of your life, your thoughts. He's looking for your marriage. He wants you to surrender your kids to him. He wants to surrender your career and your future, all your aspirations and ambitions. He wants you to surrender your your sin, all of your regrets, your addictions. He's never going to force him his way into your life. But he really does respond to those who just say, Lord, I just want you. I don't want anything else. I don't need anything else. I just want you. When we, we started, when worship, we started singing that song, When You Walk into the Room. And the Lord just reminded me of something that happened yesterday. I, I was here at the church, and I was praying. And I I went home, and I went in the garage. My wife came outside, and she said, I just want to make you aware of the situation that's happening inside. She said, our three-year-old was trying to help and get some water, and he... Um, accidentally pulled some dishes down with it and they broke and shattered. And one of them was this cup that my brother had brought back from Israel. It was Just, you know, a special gift. And he broke it and he, he, she said, he just feels horrible. And she said, I told, I told him, well, you, got, you just gotta go to your dad. You just gotta talk to your dad. And he, and he just didn't want to. He was just afraid. Not of me, but he's, I think he was just afraid of the, just to face it. I remember I I walked into the room I walked into that door and all of a sudden he just looked at me and he just, he fell down and he just started bawling he put his face in his hands and he said, Daddy, uh, Daddy, I broke your cup Daddy, I broke your cup, I'm so sorry Daddy, I broke your cup, I'm so sorry I'm so sorry and I went over to him and I just scooped him up and I scooped him up and I said, Son, you never have to run from me I love you. And I began to just speak truth over him. Son, I love you more than a cup. I love you, son. He's been saying this phrase recently when things happen that were accidents. He just goes, it happens. It happens. It's really helped me in my life. But I told him, I said, bro, somebody told me that sometimes these things happen. It happens, and I felt like the Lord was saying in, in worship that there was somebody here who feels like they're kind of hiding from the Lord. Like you feel like you just disappointed Him, you've let Him down, or maybe you have this area of sin in your life, and you've just been avoiding Him. You don't want to face your your Father. And in that, there's a place of, uh, of confession and repentance where the Lord you draw near to him and he draws near to you and he comes and he scoops you up and he begins to speak the truth of who you are in him over your life and you everything about you gets realigned so I I, I want to just in this few moments just everybody bow your heads nobody looking around please but if that word was for you can you just put a hand up you can just shoot it up quick just so I can see it yeah yeah, yeah. is there anybody else Thank you. put your hands down. We live in an hour where the Lord is calling for, for full surrender. There's no more fence sitting anymore. There's no more f- one foot in the world. One foot in uh, with the Lord. He's looking for a complete and full surrender of your life. A life laid down. And that is the most dangerous thing to the gates of hell, is a life submitted and surrendered because that is a person full of the power and fire of the Holy Spirit. So if you're here this morning and you would say, I, Tony, I, I just, I recognize that there's still parts of me that I've been holding back. And I want you to know, like, through through life, that it is kind of a, a battle that we have with the Lord where we give him parts of ourselves and then we, kind of take it back at times. We say, okay, I got that now. I got a better handle on this. Well, I can take it back now. But he's looking, he wants to keep it. And if you're here and you just, you're saying, hey, I just need to, there's areas of my life that I haven't completely surrendered. I just need to surrender those things to the Lord. Would you put a hand up? I want to pray for you. Yeah, many of you? Is there anybody else? Awesome, thank you. You can put your hands down. If you raised your hand for that first question, I want to pray with you. If you felt like you're kind of running from the Lord or you kind of feel like you've disappointed him or he's angry with you or there's things that you just don't want to face. Just receive this as I pray for you. Lord, this morning, I just committed my heart, Lord, I'm not going to run anymore. I'm not going to avoid your gaze but right now I'm just going to look up in your face I'm going to see you, you're walking in the room I'm going to see you I just look up into your face Jesus and I say right now in this moment Lord I'm sorry I'm sorry for running I'm sorry for trying to hide things from you or hide myself from you right now I just say I'm so sorry dad I, I love you I want nothing between us. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray they just feel the release of that disappointment or that condemnation that they feel, that shame that they feel. I just release that now in the name of Jesus. Lift right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that they would know that they are loved, that you tenderly love them as something that is infinitely precious to them, to you. In Jesus' name. For those across this room this morning, Lord, who just need us to surrender completely, a full surrender to you completely this morning, we pray. I pray just for grace in this moment in Jesus' name, a grace to just release. to yield to you, to not strive any longer, but just to simply yield to you, King Jesus. Say, every single part of my heart, every single part of my life is yours, Lord. It's yours, Jesus. I empty myself out so that I might be full of you. So Holy Spirit, come and give a fresh filling in this place. fill the overflow, shake hearts and minds and bodies in this place in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, for those in this room who need healing in their bodies, I pray the healing power of God be released in this room right now in Jesus' name. Someone with a disc that's out, is, uh, right now the Lord is repairing that disc. Somebody with digestive issues, the Lord is healing your body right now. He's healing your, your digestive system right now in Jesus' name. Right now the Lord is freeing someone from habitual addiction. He's loosing the chain so that you can run away and never return in Jesus name healing of the god of healing of the lord come the living god precious jesus precious jesus can we just turn our affections just turn your eyes towards him right now
0: this has been the life point church sermon of the week for more resources visit us at lifepoint.cc